welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex, Jared's not here, and this week we will talk about... <laughs> wow. 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 I just want to wow. see your reaction. Wow. If I steamrolled you, so... Greetings, programs. Apparently, I don't matter anymore. I'm Adrian. <laughs> Not that that matters, apparently. <laughs> uh, I figured it'd be funny just to see what happens. I'm, I'm okay with that result. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, Jared is not here this week. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Jared, you have a real job, so sorry that you're stuck doing that and doing paperwork. I'm if, cussing at you with all of all of the cuss words, and I have a real job, too. Yeah, but you're you're able to make it here today. When you're not here, I say you have a real job and you can't you couldn't make it. Oh, okay. So he has a real job and that's why he couldn't make it. I still leave all the customers. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh so yeah, Jared, sorry that we're doing this out you, but also it is what it is. You gotta pay the real bills. Gotta so. pay the bills. So yeah. Gotta get them Benjamins. <clears throat> so this week, uh the movie Venom, Let There Be Carnage comes out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Laura and I rewatched the original one Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Uh, I thought maybe I was wrong the first time. No, nope. I, I knew I wasn't. Mm-mm. I was like, okay, you know, maybe it'd be better if I only half watch it while playing with the dog and, you know, whatever. No, it, yeah. it didn't help. Mm-hmm. It, it's still. Okay. So it, it doesn't know what it's trying to be. I think is the biggest problem because it has a whole like 20 minute motorcycle car chase scene. I like motorcycle car chase scenes. But not for Venom. Why was Venom riding a motorcycle being chased through San Francisco or somewhere in California? I think it was San Francisco. Uh, Were the hills? Yeah. Was it in the west? Yeah. It was probably California. Well, I knew it was California, but... LA. Or San Fran. Right. Those are two different places. Yes. Uh, Anyway, why is he getting chased by cars and drones that are firing missiles and he's on a motorcycle for... Okay, I get it for a little bit, but it was like a solid... At least 10 minutes. I want to say close to 20 minutes. I'm going to borrow that disc. It's not good. I mean, you can watch it before we go see the movie this weekend. We are going to go see the movie. Even though we don't like it, we're still going to give it the chance. Because we could be wrong about the second one. And Regal Unlimited. And it's Regal Unlimited. So, yeah. Uh, So, with that background, the theme for this week is... I think my real problem is Woody Harrelson as Carnage. Oh as, no, as Cletus. I think he could do it. I don't. I don't. I don't see a problem with him being crazy. I have a. Okay, you can say it. I'm ageist. My my biggest problem is uh, you are doing a Spider-Man villain that has nothing to do with Spider-Man. I mean, there's that. And that and, and you can do a Spider-Man villain without Spider-Man. That's fine. However, the origin of this character is critical to Spider-Man, and they're doing it without him. There is no Venom without the symbiote going to Spider-Man first and then going to Eddie Brock. No. There, could, well, uh, uh, there is no Venom. There are symbiotes, but there, there is symbiotes. no Venom. So that's my biggest problem. Anyway, before we go off on the tangent on that one <laughs> anymore, uh, yeah, I didn't like the first one. I'm going to go see the second one because I'm glad for punishment. We have Real Unlimited, and Laura wants to see it. So it is what it is. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about... Novels. Adaptations of novels. Uh, be it good or bad. So you get the adaptations like Why the Last Man on FX, which is a really good adaptation, mm-hmm. versus you have Spider-Man 3, Blech. which is a bad adaptation of the origin of Venom. And you people voted, or you, maybe you didn't. You were, you, were, you were one of them that agreed. I was one of you people. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I decided that's a good enough topic. We have a lot of opinions on stuff that oh. were good and bad. Oh yeah, if you've been listening... We have a lot of opinions. So, so going after the Venom one, that's a bad one. Let's start with a good one. Adrian, what is a good adaptation that you have seen in movies, television, whatever, that's based off of comic books? So, we we took a long time to finally convince the world that we were right. Uh, nerds, uh, we, we know what we're reading. We know what we're talking about. You really should have listened to us this whole time. But it really didn't take until the turn of the century, back in 2000. <laughs> Good Lord, that was 20 years ago. Um, <clears throat> when Hollywood ran out of ideas. <laughs> when Hollywood ran out of ideas, again, and went to comic books, we got Fox, uh, Fox's X-Men. And I watched it the other night with the kids. It didn't age well. You're talking about the first X-Men. The first X-Men, when we meet Hugh Jackman for the first time, where 
most people met Hugh Jackman for the first time as Wolverine. Um, and then uh, Patrick Stewart as as Professor Xavier. Um, it didn't. I, I don't know if it was the special effects. I don't know if it was the the purposeful cheesiness that didn't age well. Something about it just didn't work right 21 years later. But I still really liked it. I remember going to the theater. I remember just finally my heroes are on the screen and not in a dorky way. Not, like we've had. Not, old, would, not would, would you prefer a blue and yellow spandex suit? <laughs> If they actually would have given him a blue and yellow spandex suit, it would have made the movie bad, right? But they, they kind of went with, like, the Ultimate Universe kind of motif, whereas what if we put the mutants in our real world today? See, I would almost say they went a 89 Batman style. We're like, all right, let's let's do let's update a little bit, but we'll, you know, have it in the modern world, but have it a little more edginess, like they did the 89 Batman series. It was more edgy. That the has X-Men. the... Burton kind of darkness to it. Yes, I, I think I see what you're saying, but yeah, uh, we don't live in a Burton mind, thankfully. Um, I like him. I just don't know that I could live there. The dude's crazy. Dude's nuts. Um, yeah, X Men. I I really remember thoroughly loving it and not being able to wait for its sequel, which I should have waited. <clears throat> And I was of the age, too, when it came out. I had all the toys. The toys are really cool to see, like, okay, there's a new... Because I, I was watching the animated series, too, of the X-Men, mm-hmm. the 90s animated. So we got that line of toys. Then we got the new toys with these, the whole the Blackbird with it, too, and everything. Like, I was the prime here, spend all your money on this. Right. <clears throat> and it worked. I mean, I, I bought all the toys. Or I had my parents buy all the toys. <laughs> and Or as many as that were feasibly acceptable. And, yeah, it was... It was good. It was good enough for now standards. We're looking at it now, back then, okay, it was good enough. At the time, it was good, though. Like, it was truly yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did some really cool things that they... So, all these movies, they have these, like, little teasers or Easter eggs that are meant to be directed really to us, the comic book reader. Like, oh, that's Sabretooth. Oh, he... Oh, they know each other. They should know each other. Are they going to, no, no, we're just going to leave this alone. We're going to fight each other. Maybe we'll get into the next movie or whatever. And they did a good job of introducing the characters through a new point of view. Like as Wolverine joining the group, he doesn't know necessarily what the school is and everything. And neither does the audience in mass. So, all right, we'll use Wolverine as, hey, the audience member, Wolverine, you are joining. This is what's going on. What do they call you? Wheels? Yeah. Uh so, the, and I mean, we had him and Rogue, or a version of Rogue is what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say that's real Rogue, because yeah, that was... I mean... That was not great. That was No, that, it really wasn't. And it, instead of Rogue, it should have been Jubilee. Just going to throw it out there. Because the whole Welcome to the X-Men, hope you, or Kitty Pride even, Welcome to the X-Men, hope you enjoy the experience. Just the Kitty Pride and okay. Wolverine, the, that dynamic of them joining at the same time-ish, that would work really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue, whatever. The problem is with Jubilee, though, she's never been traditionally a main character. Yeah. So I guess. Except for the animated series. They could have capitalized on the animated because that series started with her joining. Sure. And that was a great catalyst. So if they would have, like, hey, here's, they've already established that. So as people that watch the show, oh, hey, that's that character joining in and they could relive that in a live action adaptation of it. And I think that's kind of what they were trying to get away from. This isn't a cartoon, this isn't just something for kids. This is real life. Quote. Right. Real life. They hate us because they don't understand us. Right. Uh, we get the instant close up of Eric's uh, tattoo from the Nazis on his arm pretty quickly. I've seen this happen before. It's going to happen again. So, yeah. I don't know. Just a bit more of a. It was a grounded fantasy. Of, yeah, of yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the original X-Men. The original X-Men now, back in 2000. Now, if you're asking, well, what about the rest of the X-Men movies? Don't worry. We'll oh. get there. We will get there. Oh, but you should totally talk about, you know, X-Men 3, <clears throat> The Last Stand. Uh, no, we shouldn't. Or we will, but it'll be a different kind of category. <laughs> so, moving on from X-Men, uh, I'll go next with 
One that I really enjoyed, it came out in 2018, I believe, was the animated movie Into the Spider-Verse. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that uh, is based off of, roughly, the Spider-Verse stories that were going on in the comic mm-hmm. books. Um, I say based off loosely because it's like, oh, there are different Spider-Man from different universes, go to one universe, that's about it. Now, the comics, they did a lot more. All the all sorts of different, you know, Spider-Man versus whatever's, like, all sorts of, I mean, just looking at the cover of the Spider-Verse trade, one, two, three, four, five, six different Spider-Man family members on the mm-hmm. front versus mm-hmm. the animated movie was only three. Well, don't forget, you know, Nicolas Cage and the other two. Well, yeah, but I mean, mostly focus on Peter Benj- Peter B. Parker, Miles, and Spider-Gwen. Those right. are the main, main, main ones. But yeah, then they had Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Pig, and the... Penny Parker. Yeah, SBDR, Spider, yeah. Robot thing. And Miguel made a cameo at the end. Yeah. So. And the old, 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 old cartoon oh, cameo right. at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, you're wrong. You should see it. <laughs> Even with the, oh, it's cartoons for kids. No, it's it's for everybody. It really is. Uh, you know, I, I went to go see it and just to kind of preview it for the kids. And I'm kind of glad I did because I, there were a couple jump scares that even got me in the theater and I'm like, no, th- those were good, but I know for what, maybe they were four and two. That probably would be a little much for them. You know, well, it starts with the death of Spider-Man. That it alone starts with the death. Like that alone is, it's like Bambi all over again. <laughs> Bambi. Where it starts with, Hey, main character is parent dead can or we, main character. Pause, dies. I need a tissue. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Uh, and we've talked about this before, how in book form in comic book form, you can do a whole lot more than you could in an hour and a half movie. Especially because in the comics, it is continuing on the main continuity of Spider-Man, which has been around for Mm -hmm. a very long time, versus if we don't do an animated movie that just jumps right in, there's a lot of presumptions that it it takes, but it can't do the full grasp of everything. Gwen came before Miles, or Miles came before Gwen? In comic continuity? Yeah. Yeah. it was Miles first because he was in the Ultimate Universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, And okay. then yep, they yep. did Spider-Gwen later. Yep, yep, yep. And that was, oh. I want to say 15, 14. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, Miles came first. Mm-hmm. And then Gwen. But, yeah, this is a great series. And the trade itself, I mean, you can. I'm holding it right here for $50. So, there it is kind that of expensive, thick, though. but yeah, it collects Amazing Spider-Man seven through fifteen, Superior thirty-two through thirty-three, Spider-Verse one and two, Spider-Verse Team Up one through three, mm-hmm. Scarlet Spider one through three, Spider-Woman one through four, Spider-Man twenty-nine five through eight, and material from a twenty fourteen free comic book day issue. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So like, that is a ton of content. They never really put free comic book day stuff into. Those trades, do they? Not into normal trades, typically. I mean, sometimes they do. It depends mm-hmm. on if they're actually relevant to anything or not. But, yeah. Hmm. So, Spider-Verse with the Into the Spider-Verse, both great. Um, good pick. And not just because of Spider-Man, but because it actually is really, really good. Yeah, it's, that is, that, it's just a solid story. Well, in the movie, they definitely do comic book style animation where they have like the mm-hmm. all the different dots. If you like the old school, all the dots for like the rifts apart, rift, you know, popping in and out. Um, the the scene transitions almost looks panel like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and the music is very unique as well too. But it was good. It's not the style of music I typically listen to. However, it fit the property really well. It fit the content, the story, and the whole feel very well. It- so Miles comes from more of like a like a black Hispanic community in Queen in New York in New York. And uh, what I like about that is they incorporate those cultures into some of the transitions. So when the movie, because it's all about bringing these alternate universes into one universe, and those things start glitching. Right. When it glitches, it's like a staticky urban art graffiti style and it i'm like wow that that was a really good idea to do it like that um the music also fits the motif it's it's solid though uh if you don't like the soundtrack you're wrong um just everything about it is beautiful 
and it is a Christmas movie too. It takes place around Christmas time, so it is a Christmas movie. Very where loosely. Whenever, well, no, whenever we put up our Christmas tree every year, Laura has the soundtrack from that movie playing because they have Christmas songs of the of the cast singing different Spider Man Christmas songs because as well. Because it was accidentally hit on the computer. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So yeah, they and just because there was snow. Okay. Fine. And because it actually has them singing Christmas songs in the movie in the credits. Oh, it, yeah, because they made a reference to the Christmas album that Chris Pine, Peter Parker. Like I said, so we have the Christmas album on digital. I think Laura probably has a physical, too. <laughs> but, yeah, we listen to the Christmas music. Tell me it's recorded by Chris Pine. It's recorded by the cast of the movie. And, it, I mean, it has, like, actual other Christmas songs, a couple of them in it, too. But it's only, like, a three-song playlist thing. It's really small. I need to find that. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny. I imagine if we have a physical copy, we can lend you lend you it if you want. So yeah, uh, so Spider Man, Spider Verse, definitely recommended. Check it out. All right, enough of this positivity garbage. Let's let's trash something <laughs> that was inspired by something good, something that should have been good. The source material was good, but the spin out was not good. Okay, I'm going to ease our way into this because. Like this one, I think the problem had to do with when it was released. And as such, because people still thought we were weirdos, studios wouldn't pump a lot of money into it. But this one did. John Leguizamo was already kind of a bigger name in in Hollywood, right? And in 97, we got Spawn. It had Martin Sheen. had a couple other names, too. Sweeney, I think, was in there. It's supposed to be good. And I think it was good. But the problem was it was in that era of still cheesy special effects. So it doesn't age well. Like at all. And I'm it ages as well as milk does. I'm guessing also they didn't know how to make a comic book based movie. They what genre does it fill? They had some good the cape. The cape is in of itself. Six season movie. <laughs> the cape in of itself is a character in the comic of Spawn. It is part of who he is. It's it's its own character. It's like the Force in Star Wars. Well, I was gonna say it's like Doctor Strange's cape. Uh, yeah. Okay. It has its own personality. Yeah. And I think they probably spent more money on CG cape than anything, uh, because he was constantly sucking the cape back into his suit. So even when he was walking around, it was gone, right? And that was weird. I don't know. It, it sucks, but it was supposed to be good. And I could see it, like, had they just waited 10 years. Okay, let's be clear. All these movies and TV shows are supposed to be good. <laughs> well, just not, not to shoot you <laughs> yeah, on that I mean, one. yeah, you're right. They're supposed to be good. I think in somebody's head, they really, he or she really thought this was going to be awesome. But was held back by the technology of their time. There's a reference. Prize to whoever understands that reference. Spawn. 97. I think that was just the problem. It was released in the wrong year. Yeah, I've never seen it. You've never seen Oh, geez. It's a fantastic Be- book. But because it's I get still reactions ongoing. like that about the movie, like, oh, I've never seen it. Oh, but uh, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's bad. It should have been good. It should have been good. I've never seen it. Well, you should see it. Why? You just told you me, just it, told how, me it was bad. how bad it was. Why should I go out, take my time and watch this? It's probably on par with like The Princess Bride. If you grew up with it, you love it. If you've never seen it. Or The it, Goonies. Or The Goonies. Or if you watch it later and you're like, okay, that was all right. It's dorky. Why are you in love with that? Just because, right? So, Spawn. Just to kind of ease into the bad movies because, yeah, we're going to. So here, here's a hot take. Uh, I like Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. I saw it as an adult for the first time. Don't like Goonies. Yeah, I just don't like it. No one likes Goonies. Unless you were a child when you first watched it. Exactly. If you have nothing to compare it to, then fine. For me, not not a fan. I, and I like Princess Bride because all the classic wrestlers that are in it. That's why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're a big wrestler? Yeah. I'm a wrestling fan. So that, like, cool. It's good to see them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my hot take for the night is not a fan of Goonies. Yeah, I can't. I but would have to agree with you on Goonies. Goonies I, are. You and I watched it as the adult for the first time together. Mm-hmm. It was when Corey came over and made us watch it. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, not a fan. 
Anyway, speaking of other things I'm not a fan of, uh, this one might be controversial. I don't know. I'm going to say Thor Ragnarok is a bad adaptation of Planet Hulk. They're definitely trying to be Planet Hulk, but they couldn't have Planet Hulk as the, or Hulk as the title. So I will say Thor Ragnarok is a bad adaptation of Planet Hulk because it never truly was Planet Hulk. They, they tease it with Gladiator Hulk, you know, in the arena fighting, but that's it. There was no reason of the whole planet, you know, why the Hulk is the planet breaker. Why is he in exile other than he just chose to be? They're like, oh, in the MCU, they, he chose to be on, in exile versus in the comics. They forced him. They said, hey, you're screwing up. We're sending you off to a planet. You can be left alone. It's peaceful. You live out your days. Fine. Something goes wrong. Crash lands. This other planet. War. Whatever. He becomes a planet breaker. The king of the whole planet and everything. Thor Ragnarok, oh, I'm just a gladiator because Hulk smash. I'm going to disagree with you with that. You think it's a good adaptation of Planet Hulk? No, I don't think it was meant to be an adaptation of Planet Hulk. I think they used the idea to fill in a bunch of holes. So we needed Mjolnir to be destroyed so that he could, you know, give it later to Cap. We needed Hulk to disappear for a while because he's not owned by Marvel. So they made him disappear after Ultron. But they still needed to make sure he stayed around, so they had to put him in a movie. They kind of had to reset Thor because he was just too serious. And we said it the, and, the and, night we got out of the theater. Thor 2 was bad. We said it was uh, Guardians of Thor. You know, that we, we made that joke that it was the Guardians of the Galaxy met Thor. Um, and that's fine. We, we like Thor and we like Guardians. And putting them together only made sense to kind of give Thor... A little bit more of a boost, right? Also, Thor 2, I fell asleep in the theater watching the first time. I had to watch it twice in theaters because I fell asleep the first time. Which one was that one? The Dark World. Oh, with the Dark Elves. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that one was not good also. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I definitely feel like they were they were doing Planet Hulk without doing Planet Hulk. Like, oh, here's this, but not really. But like, not really. Because, I mean, look at the trailers. You see the Mirror of Fight. He's like, mm-hmm. Thor. Hulk, yay! yay. Smack, Smack punch, and I mean that was a short trailer that had very little to do with the story, but they were definitely giving the tease like, "Hey, comic book fans, you like Planet Hulk? Here it is, here it is." Then you see the movie has nothing to do with Planet Hulk, other than he is on that planet. He's a gladiator. He's fighting. That's it. Which is very similar to Shang Chi. I want to throw that out. Just the thing I just put together of the whole <laughs> fighting in gladiatorial ring just for entertainment purposes. I mean. Yes. I don't know that they were... Yeah, I mean, I guess. And I'm not saying they, they personally did connection. I just saw it. Just, oh, they, yeah, I it's see, kind I, of the same thing. Like the same as that. Just a plot point to get to the next one. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that's why it is a bad adaptation because it was set up... It was totally, like, hinted and teased to be a Planet Hulk. Mm-hmm. But then the movie had nothing to do with that. And not not saying there's anything wrong with the movie. The movie was great. However... With the initial, this is going to be this, it is not that. Okay. So that's why I say that is a bad adaptation of that. Still a good movie. I'll just give a, you half Just points a bad adaptation. That. Half points. So yeah. definitely check out Planet Hulk, the book. Uh, it is, oh, totally. It is phenomenal. I would say it's better than Thor Ragnarok. You just did it, say it was better. Than you. That's That was your whole point. No. I said that the the trailer, the adaptation. The promise of it was better. Oh, okay. All right. All right. You it's know a, what you should... It was a bait and switch. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the switch that they switched it out to. However, that was not the bait that I was promised. Okay, so you're not saying Ragnarok was a bad movie. No, it was a good you're movie. You're saying... It's a bad it, attempt did of... Did it do what you... What they led it on to be. What you thought it was supposed to be. What they, well, I'd say what they led it on to be, even. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they do... If the upcoming Thor, Love and Capes... Has I know it's supposed to be Natalie Portman and female Thor and all that. That's what it's supposed to be. If they don't have Natalie Portman, Jane Foster become Thor, that's a terrible adaptation because that's what you you guys are promising. Hey, Jane Foster is going to be Thor. Oh, but I I at this point, if yeah, that would be financial suicide on Marvel's part because we've already seen Portman at Comic Con, right? Holding Mule Mule, right? You know, so that's what I'm saying, like. That's the if they do that, then that's a terrible adaptation of that. I don't think that's going to be the case. Nah. But if they were, they're like, oh, that that's 
Come on, guys. I hope she's funny. Because I, I, I think we're going to keep that whole space comedy. And I don't know that I've ever laughed at Natalie Portman. I, remember, I don't know if I've ever seen her funny. Speaking of Natalie Portman, what's a bad adaptation of yours that has <laughs> Natalie Portman in it? It was on your list. Was it? Yeah. Or you were most annoyed with. It was the first oh, one you were most geez. annoyed. Uh, did you like the segue, though, of Natalie yeah, Portman? Yeah, yeah, I did, actually. Well done. Uh, v for Vendetta. And I know that there are some people out there that are like, what? No, you're wrong. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I'll say it. If you like it because he's fighting to free the Brits in this one, you're dumb because he wasn't freeing the Brits. He was out for revenge and using all the people as cannon fodder. V for vendetta. Right. What does a vendetta mean? Right. It's not a altruistic for uh, justice. No, no, he was he was fighting for the people. No, he was using you to, as human shields. So when people walk around with Guy Fox masks, do you know what that means? Right, exactly. It's, it's not for your freedom. Right, exactly. It's like, come on. Did you even read a book? Did you even read that book? Did you even, even in the movie, I think the movie did a, bit, a little bit better of of presenting that, hey, I'm not really fighting for you. I'm fighting for me. You know, this is all my own revenge my, story. My vendetta. My vendetta. Yeah, that's my most annoyed. Well done. Which, that wasn't really a problem with the movie, though. It wasn't. It's not that's, a problem with the movie. It's a problem how people reacted and what the messages they took from the movie. And that's why it's neither the best adaptation or the worst adaptation. It's just one of those... It's an adaptation. That I'm, I'm most annoyed with. It's an adaptation that yeah. they, they did a pretty good job sure. from the book to the movie. And I love that they use Hugo Weaving as 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 Victor. I think so. Yeah. Uh I think his voice is is perfect for that. They they did really good for his casting. Natalie Portman, she did fine. Uh, okay. She was still young. Yeah. She I mean she they actually buzzed her hair and that that was like legit her yeah. Cut, but cutting her hair. Okay. Yeah. She was all right. I mean, she was not the main, she was the main character, but not the main character. Like, right. She was, she was the hook for anybody. I don't know. She was the protagonist, she was. but not the main character. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. V for Nintendo. Annoyed with it. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll go on next with another adaptation. Uh, this one, I'm, I've torn feelings on. Good and or bad Watchmen. Mm, mm. So the original mm-hmm. books came out in nineteen. Yeah. Uh, came out as his own thing. They you know they did what they did. Two thousand something. Two thousand. No, I'm saying the the comics. Oh, the original com- comic I'm came sorry. out in yes. nineteen eighty. Yeah. Uh, it was in the nineteen hundreds, folks. <clears throat> That's right, nineteen hundreds. Uh, so the books came out. The movie came out, I want to say 2008, maybe 2009 is when the movie came out. Because I'm pretty sure I was out of high school. I'm going to say seven. It might have been seven. I don't know. It's before the tens, the 2010s. Right. Uh, it came out and the movie was nearly identical shot for shot of what happened in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of a problem though. I mean, yes and no. So if you are a purist of saying, well, the books are so much better. The books are so much better. Okay, well, here's the book as a motion picture. You can't say, well, it's better. It's the same thing. Okay. Um, they did change one thing in the theatrical release. Instead of having giant squids falling from the sky or whatever, they did blue nuclear bombs pinning on Dr. Manhattan for the ending. I guess slight spoiler, but come on, folks. It is what it is. You're forgetting kind of a bigger piece that was missing, too. A dangly bit. Um, so... The movie itself was very identical. And I remember before, like, when it was coming out or right before it came out, people were throwing a fit, like, oh, you changed the ending. It's not the squids. How dare you make this giant blue, like, nuclear bomb things? And the director's like, really, guys? That's really? what you're going to be? I shoot a pregnant lady in the face? You're fine with it. Changing from squid to a blue orb, that's where your problem is. Like, I just, I thought that was funny. Like, uh, I mean, I understand both sides. Sure. Because being true to the source. Sure. Also, like, what is actually more wrong? Nukes versus squid, not a big deal. Shooting a pregnant lady in the face, that one is definitely more wrong. Versus not shooting a pregnant lady in the face. Oh, okay. So, 
I, I understand that, but also I I do like well, the director's like really that's it, and that's I believe problem. the director's cut or the extended whatever they did change it from the blue nukes to the actual squid thing to no. make it more comic book accurate. Oh, no. I mean it's all CGI. It doesn't sure. It doesn't take much to fix. Uh, but with that, also, it was the Watchmen series I want to mention that was on HBO that came out last year-ish. That was a follow-up to the original Watchmen book. That set, that, so Watchmen took place in the 19... Yeah, and the Watchmen series took place in, like, 2020. Like, they did the full... Everything's... If that world continued on into the modern day, where would it be? This is where they think it is. And that was, like, a six or eight episode maxi series on hbo and it was really good like i would say it is better than the original watchman book because one it's modernized quite a bit and b there's new characters that i enjoy that it fits the base look on where they let off to where they could go okay. and and i don't know it, it was good to see some of those characters that were in the books aged up like how how did they get past all this how did what what happened to Doctor Manhattan? Did he really go to Mars forever? Like that's kind of a oh we just write him off like oh he's not, he's over there forever yeah. Versus in reality, forever is a long time, folks. Forever is a long time. So to have someone to say all right, I'm going to be there forever, it's eh, a bit of a stretch. Change my mind. So coming back. So yeah, Watchmen. I would say is a good adaptation. Um, as the movie and the TV series that take place after the comic book series. Uh, side note, if you want, if you have not read Watchmen and you want to skip the whole Black Freighter story, it's garbage. Don't read it. <laughs> or read it separate. Don't read it within the story itself. It has nothing to do with the main thing. It is what it is. So, Adrian, what's next on your list? I forget where we're at. Uh, Good this, or bad? Either one. You know what you should watch? Constantine. The movie? The movie. You know, Keanu. when I first watched it, I didn't know it was a comic. Ditto. Right? Um, and I'm like, oh, this is this isn't bad. It's got the Sorcerer Supreme in it. It's got um, Keanu Reeves in it. Uh, Neo. Uh, it's a really great story. It's got the um, the cosmonaut from Armageddon. He plays uh, Satan in 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 the movie, uh, and he he. Just his whole persona for that really fit. I, and it's not like I know who Satan is personally, but I, I and not that I'm imagining Satan as this this Russian guy. Uh, but it fits. But it fits, you know. Um, it fits a version of Satan. It fits a version of Satan. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a solid book. Oh, and it's got one of uh, one of those girls that I can't think of. It's not. I'll think about it. Are you talking about who Gabriel? The the girl who's seen all the the, the visions of her twin. Oh, the, the, yeah. the story focuses around her. Uh anyway. Anyway. Uh great story, great special effects. Uh Kinu does a really fantastic job of bringing Constantine to life as far as having the attitude, as far as uh kind of playing off of what's going on right in the moment and then coming off kind of like a like a spiritual batman like he already knew what was going to happen and um just really a solid movie and then i come to realize oh that's that's a comic book that's pretty sweet cool but it's right after you know some of these other failures of spawn or um Maybe we should start putting more budgets into these movies after X-Men had such a great uh, following. Um, just a solid comic book-based movie back in t 2005. And had Tilda Swinton as Gabriel. Yes. Which was... The Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, which was... I, I thought she did a great job. Mm -hmm. And my understanding of people that are diehard Constantine fans, the comic book series, hated the movie. Because it had very little to do with, like, that character that Keanu played. Very little to do with actual John Constantine in the comic books. Because he wasn't charismatic. He wasn't, like, screw off, whatever. It was very serious and, like, depressed and angry, whatever. I, I read Constantine now, and I'm like, I think he did a good job. Yeah. I, I had no problem with it. The special effects were surprisingly good. Really like, good. 
Uh, like I said, it's only five years after the X Men. It came out two thousand five, right? So yeah, like, and I would say most of those effects hold up still. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing, uh, yeah, this, uh, Gabriel when the wings come out for the first time when we meet Gabriel, and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool because it's you're almost seeing it through the eyes of Constantine, and they're in a library bar or something, and uh, only Constantine sees the wings. I believe that movie had the line, I think it was in the movie, that it doesn't matter if you know God exists, do you believe in God still? Like, the difference of knowing versus believing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gabriel says that to Constantine. Like, oh, yeah, you know God exists, but you don't believe him still. Like, that that was cool to see that even there, too. Yes. Like, the difference between knowing something and believing in something. So, yeah. All right. So, we are running a little bit long on time. Hey. Uh, But... I want to do a whole kerfuffle now. Great. X-Men movies as a whole. Okay. So, let's go down the line. X-Men 2. It was okay. It was okay. That was X-Men United, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it was cool to see uh, Magneto in the whole plastic prison thing. Oh, yeah. you had too much iron in your diet and just pulls yeah. it out. Like, cool. Yep. I like Nightcrawler for the most part. The self-cutting was weird. It was weird. Uh, X-Men 3. Uh, yeah, that was the beginning of the bad, really bad folks. That was, and I would say that was supposed to be the Dark Phoenix saga. Do you have a towel? I made a mess. That was supposed to be Dark Phoenix, the comics, or the Death of Phoenix, or... Now, here's the problem with this. When you screw up something, and you decide to do it again, the exact same thing, and you do worse... You should stop. So that is in reference to X-Men The Dark Phoenix. We're, the we're jumping, Dark Phoenix. We're jumping ahead a lot. Holy good Lord. Uh, I only saw it on the airplane to Azerbaijan two years ago. I fell asleep repeatedly. But even then, I was like, this is still garbage. This, I, I would rather be unconscious than watch this. I had a friend who warned me. He's like, you do realize it's the same dude who did X-Men 3. Well, yeah, but maybe he learned his lesson. It's been tw- it's been ten years. Maybe it's better now. He didn't. No. He actually got dumber. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so that's jumping forward. So after X Men Three, I believe that's when they started doing the re. That was the Days of Future Past. Was after that one? No, we had that- the Logan stuff. We had Wolverine. That's we had right. X Men Origins with. Weapon 13 or whatever Ryan Reynolds was supposed to be. The, the not Deadpool. The one that actually, the movie that actually doesn't exist anymore because he went back in time and fixed the timeline. In, in Deadpool 2. Or was that Deadpool 1? Either way. Whatever. Uh, that one doesn't exist anymore, but it happened. Um, then we got Origins the Silver was, Samurai. Origins for the most part was fine. For the most part, it was fine. Nothing good, nothing bad. It was fine. What? I don't remember a whole lot of it. That's the one with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Was it that one? The bad one. Okay, then yeah, that one was really the bad. The other one. The other, The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Okay, that's the Doubles. The, the Wolverine. The Wolverine. That one was good. That was, uh, okay, not good. That one was I, fine. I got a little excited on that one. We got the Silver Samurai, who really was just a guy in a mech suit. Uh, we got Viper, but not really Viper. Uh, and then, and then I think we got... Days of Future Past. First class. Was Days of Future Past before or after that? Because I know Days of Future Past had uh, Hugh Jackman still. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if that was before or after First oh, Class. Frack. I want to say that was before First Class. Okay, because, but he goes back in time. Right. Days of Future Past happens. Surely it happened after the First Class, right? I th- no, it did because we had McAvoy still. Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. Right. First class. First class game. Good movie. It was great movie. I would say it was a great restarting of the X Men franchise movies. Now if they you... could only go up after X Men Three. Oh, but when it gets worse, because <laughs> there is still the Dark Phoenix. Uh, but I mean, it was really good. However, as an adaptation from the comic books, pretty wrong. Oh, extremely wrong. Like, yeah. like, the only thing that was true was Charles Xavier was there. And he had a team called the X-Men in a big giant mansion. That's about it. That's about it. He was... He, uh, I know they've retconned back and forth of Magneto helping form it back and forth, depending on what timeline, whatever. But Mystique was never his, like, childhood friend. Right. She was never there for that. Right. 
like, come on. That Hav- we know of. Havoc. Maybe she had been shapeshifted the whole time. Havoc the, was he, is Havoc the older brother? Havoc is the older brother of Cyclops, isn't he? Or is he the younger brother? Havoc is. I forget. Whatever I'm going to say, somebody's going to say I'm wrong. So I'm going to say he's the younger brother. Havoc is the brother of Cyclops. There we go. Uh, he's there. So like, he's supposed to be Cyclops, I guess, ish, but not really. Yeah, uh, bad. Pixie is there instead of Nightcrawler. But even then, Nightcrawler wasn't even first class. Like, to recap, the original first class of X-Men, Jean Grey, mm-hmm. Mar- as as Marvel Girl. As Marvel Girl. Cyclops, mm-hmm. uh, Angel. Beast, Beast, and Angel. And Iceman. Oh, yeah. I thought I said them. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And, and Professor X. Yeah, that was the original X-Men. That was the first class. That was the first class. Back in 64, I think. This series, Charles Xavier. <laughs> that was the only person they had in the no, first Beast class. was there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was. But he turned furry because he injected himself with mystique blood. Yes. And got a whole bunch of craziness. It, it, yeah. It wasn't a second mutation or nothing. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Well, it wasn't a second mutation. He did cause himself to get furry in the comic also. He was searching but he, but for he a has, cure. But he has done second mutations from that even. After. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, yeah, no. Uh, first Class as an adaptation of the comic books, terrible. I liked it, though. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I mean, again, coming back from where they left off. Right. All right, here we go. And it dealt with the Cold War, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, and we get to see Magneto really be hit. Really, it was a classic Magneto from the original series of like, hey, I'm using your, I'm launching your nukes and stuff with my power of magnetism. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Which that is very from the early pages of X-Men. Mm-hmm. That's pretty accurate of what he did in those. So it was a good homage to that. Um but yeah, it was good. The movie was good, bad adaptation. From there we had Days of Future Past, which I would say is a terrible adaptation. Uh yes. for mostly because okay, so in the Days of Future Past, Kitty Pride sends her own consciousness to the past. Mm-hmm. How I still don't understand. It's weird. It's timey, wimey. And phasing ish, but she's never done it since then, so whatever. Anyway, in the movie, fine. Right, I'll send Wolverine's consciousness to the back, into the past. However, while he's in the past, I have to hold it there before we get destroyed by everything. Right. No, no, that's not how. If you're going to do time travel, if you're sending someone back to fix the present, then the moment you send them back, either it fixed it or it didn't, there is no holding their consciousness back there. It's an instant ripple. Mm. If that's how time works. Right. If that's what you're establishing of because when you go to the back, the past to change the present. Like we found out, your past now becomes your future and your current present is now your past. Yeah. But yeah, I, I call shenanigans on that whole thing. Yeah, because they even were showing that in the opening of that movie because the Nimrod Sentinels came back. They jumped to like a week in advance, like and a week then, ago. Or they jumped to a week ago to change that current present. Right. So there was no anything. The moment she put Wolverine, Bishop. Or was it Bishop then? Or was it... I think it was Bishop. It's whoever. Been long, it's been a long time, folks. It's not whoever. that good of a movie. Whoever went back in time a week instantly changed it right then and there. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. It, it Not good. Uh, after Days of Future Past, I want to say was. Apocalypse. Or was Logan before that? Oh, okay. All right. Were you going to put that in there? Yeah. Logan. Uh, Logan. I really liked Logan. Great movie. Terrible habit. Not a good adaptation. Terrible adaptation of Old Man Logan. If it was trying to be Old Man Logan. I still think it wasn't trying to be. They just took that idea of Logan being old. It was inspired by. Sure. Similar to how Thor Ragnarok was inspired by Planet Hulk. Okay. I won't agree still. <laughs> uh, where they both have, but for Logan, he's an old man named Logan in the apocalypse. And they do have a thing where somebody pretty much killed a ton of mutants. Right. There's a reason why he's on the run. It doesn't matter. Because Professor Xavier, instead of Mysterio, killed all the mutants. Right. Xavier had a stroke, basically, mm-hmm. and killed all mutants. And then... In turn, turned the world, whole world into an apocalypse. Right. And that even makes sense with what we see in the first five minutes of the second X-Men movie in, what, 2002? How many mutants we see worldwide. Like, there's no, a No, what I mean is how he freezes the museum. 
Right. Okay. All the humans so that they can vamoose. Gotcha. So yeah. Then from there we have Apocalypse X Men Apocalypse. With Poe Dameron as Apocalypse. Uh I only saw I think I saw it once. I think I only saw parts of it and I was like, this is terrible. I can't. It was okay. It had weird camera filter on the entire time. It did. It was <sighs> It had potential to do cool things afterwards. We had to see Psylocke. That's we got cool. to see Olivia Munn as Psylocke. Cool. Or as a version of Psylocke. A version of Psylocke. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. And then we had X-Men 3. Or, or not X-Men 3. Dark X-Men 3 Phoenix. Part 2, The Dark Phoenix. Terrible, it was folks. Terrible. It was awful. The one, I want my money back. The one saving grace we've had with the X-Men Fox movies was New Mutants that took place after that. That was after Disney acquired Fox and they said, hey, we already have this done. Let's just put it out in theaters because it's done. Might as well. It was terrible. That was terrible too. Oh, see, I was fine with that one. No because way. I was fine because I was going to the expectations of, hey, I, it can't be any worse than things I've, other than X-Men movies I've seen. And there's not, it's not like it's going to go anywhere because it is, it's done. Like X-Men, that whole universe is done, done. And it was okay. It was, we assume it's done, done. If we're getting the other spider, if we're doing a Spider Verse, right here in Christmas time, we might get a X Men Verse. Who knows? Also, maybe. Well, for the most part, it's done, done. And I thought it was. I thought with no expectations going in because I have seen the worst. It was okay. I I did not feel like I won my money back after compared to X Men Three or Spider Man Three or Fantastic Four. Blah. Which one? Oh, the one. The one I blah. yeah. So I actually. Didn't watch that because you told me to. I went to and the, th- I was the theaters. Was on Disney Plus, and I watched it, and I'm like, I remembered you told me that not to go watch it, and I was glad that I didn't go watch it. I was working at Alter You when that came out. I went to, the- I went to theaters for the sole goal of telling people, don't go see this. Because mm. I went to the first, the Thursday night showing, people were coming on Friday, oh, you know, the- I saw it come out, think no. about seeing it. No, don't. No. Like, really? Like, is there anything? No. no. Don't see it. Mm-mm. It had a worse review than, was it? Batman and Robin. Like it was. Oh yeah. It was a worse review than that. So. So yeah. Bat nipples. Those are the, those are the, the ever ending explanations of the X-Men movies of how bad they were versus how good some of them were. And we threw in some bonus stuff of Fantastic Four and Batman and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, for Blade, I'm going to say Blade in 98, Wesley Snipes. That was fantastic. Then they screwed him up. And they're bringing back Blade again soon ish. Eventually. The guy, the villain from Luke Cage. Uh, Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> and we were wondering if we're going to go along. We have enough time with Jared not here. Uh, Jared, we do miss you, though. So please do come back. It's still fun to talk with you. Yeah, you're too far away. I can't hit you from here. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, we will talk about books that came out this week, the week of Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. Uh, Adrian, what's a good one for you? Dude, it's Halloween time. I said it last week. Vader's Castle. I love the the Vader's Castles, uh, these IDW Star Wars adventures, Ghost of Vader's Castle. They're simple. They're they're just fun. They're Star Wars universe without Star Wars universe. So like this issue had to do with the the rabbit, the green rabbit from Star Wars, uh, Jackson Tumperaki or something like that. Uh, his ship is actually called the Rabbit's Foot. Um, Chewie turns into a 50-foot monster, and then so does he, and they fight. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. I mean, the, I, it's simple. It doesn't mean anything. It's not political. It's not taking itself too serious. It's not. Exactly. It's not taking itself too serious. And it was fun. It was just fun. So what is what is the number of this one? Number two. So Star Wars, Ghosts of Vader's Castle. Number two. Number two. It's going to be a mini, uh, I think. Either four or five, probably. I think it was five last year, and I think it was five the year before that, too. And it looks like it's a weekly series, then? It you, is you a weekly week? series. The, uh, even the old, uh, the variant covers are pretty fun. I don't know if we can still order those. But um, next year, I hope they do another Vader's Castle. Definitely try to order the, the variants, because they're just fun. All right. Uh, next for me, I want to mention... The Amazing Spider-Man issue number 74, legacy number 875. This is the, as I was reading the book here, the epic conclusion of the Kindred Saga. 
and more. And more. Uh, so they've been teasing Kindred for the last, like, let's see, this is issue 74. So about 74 issues yeah. they've been having mm-hmm. Kindred doing stuff in the background here, there. More, some things more in the forefront, some things not. Harry. No. No, Kindred's not Harry. He was we, in the we, last we, issue, right? We thought it was Harry. Okay. And then they revealed, nope, it's not Harry. Um, it was in the previous issue they talked about it, so I'll give spoilers. It's his twin sister, Henrietta. No, it is... Th- or it is the two people of uh, Harry Osborne and Gwen Stacy's children, the fictional clone children that they had together when they did a whole bunch of mind game things. It's really weird, folks. Uh, Laura, I wish you were here to explain it, but it's it's a mess. Apparently, at one point, Norman Os- had one kid. Norman Osborne and Gwen Stacy, and one of the mind messery trickery. Uh, made the, everyone think that they you had kids. better not be meaning the Clone Saga stuff. Because uh, that got messy, too. I, it might have been from the clones. I'm not sure. But it's the two It's the two twins that Gwen gave birth to. That, were, that was Norman's when she went off on vacation once. And they hooked up. And she had kids. And then they died. And you find out they never really existed. And But then they did exist. But then they didn't. And now they do. But they don't really. And it's all a mess. Uh, but they are kindred now. Instead of Harry, like we thought it was, and they get their comeuppance, and this is the final issue where uh, Nick Spencer is writing. He's done writing after this issue. They are going to have a different creative team, where Spider-Man will be three times a month going forward. Holy crap! They haven't we haven't seen that in a long time. Not since Sinister War, give or take. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, yeah, back. It's been that was least, a 2010 number, like a middle teen. It's been about five years since that. Since he's taken over. Because he took over after Brand New Day? No. no. No, no, Spencer. No, that was Dan Slott that had after Brand New Day. He took So Nick Spencer took over after Dan Slott left. Okay. Like four years ago or whatever. Uh, 74 issues divided by two per month, however long that is. You guys do the math. And he's been writing it since. And 42. St- instead, he is going to be doing a executive, like, director of puppets sort of thing. Like, right, there's three, I think it be three creative teams that he's going to be like, all right, you guys do this, you guys do this, you guys do this. Which and, could be good. We see that with Kevin Feige. Yeah. In the MCU. Could be good. So, hopefully going forward it'll be good. But this is his farewell. This is a $10 issue, folks. And I have to admit, um, normally when it's $10 books, like, the main story is a... You know, at best. Tell me it's not like five little stories. Half of the book. I'm showing Adrian. This is all the main story. Good. Good. I hate it when DC does that. So there's like 10 pages that are other stories. That's fine. And I would say, I don't know how many pages this is, but. What was it? Two thirds of the book is the main story. The actual conclusion of the main thing. The reason why you're there to buy it and read it. Is all the main story. Good job, Marvel. Good job. Bad on you, DC. Wonder Woman. Maybe. The anniversary issue. It was thick, too. But it was like 10 different stories. And they were all garbage. Yeah. So this, all mostly, I would say 80%, all one story. And then the backup stories are fine. They're good. Cool. One is a backup story about a friend of Uncle Ben that comes back in Peter's life briefly. Fred. Uh, no. <laughs> then there's a lead-up story to... It ends with a preview story of the new Spider-Man issue number 75 that takes place after this. Ooh, which, if you read the free comic book day issue, you find out it's about that Spider-Man. Oh, okay. All right. So this is what, this is what the next story arc is leading up to. Before okay. we started recording, Adrian, you asked if you should read this issue. No. Read the next one because you read the free comic book day issue. So start with the next issue, number mm. 75. Okay. Okay. So... We're not going to get a new, okay, because all of the companies seem to do this. They make all these issue ones so that they sell because it's an issue one. We're not getting a restart to the Spider-Man books. Correct. So 75 is a good jumping on point. 75 will be the jumping on point, yes. Cool. Awesome. All right. And what is your pick of the week? My other pick of the week, uh, you know, I'm going to quote Star Wars because it's what I do. I have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this in a very good way. Um, Inferno. Uh, number one. Number one. It is going to be, I'm assuming, a mini. Uh, it's going to be a four or five issue mini. It's four issue series. Four issues. 
Um, I was instantly taken back to House and Powers of X. Like, instantly. Like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I have a really good feeling that Who, it will be awesome. Who's it written by? I don't know. It should be on the front, right above the barcode. Oh, yeah, it's Hickman. <laughs> the guy that did. The guy that did House and Powers of X. Good. So, uh, we get kind of a rewind to a side story from House and Powers. Uh, if we remember, Moira McTaggart is now a, a mutant who travels through time through reincarnation. She's a mutant from a certain point of view. And um, we get a retelling of one of those storylines. And I, I don't I don't know where we're going to go with this. It's weird. It is weird. It's called Inferno, but it isn't like Inferno from the early 90s where um, everything went to crap because of Madeline Pryor. Oh, I said that. Hmm. Anyway, um, it is called Inferno. We got uh, some of that artwork from House and Powers of X, but with a little bit of a twist. Uh, so I really like this. Um and if you remember a few months ago, I said something about things are too perfect right now in mutantdom. Something has to happen that's bad. And we've had uh, Sword of Ten. And we've had, what was the other event? Uh, Hellfire Gala. Hellfire Gala. Both of them were kind of, eh. They were okay. But eh. it wasn't the shoe dropping kind of event. And I think, I'm hoping, this is where we get... Because, like what we were talking about at the store, the worst thing that can happen in evolution is not that you die, but that you become irrelevant, right? And the mutants have figured out how not to die. They've beaten death. They've beaten death. And now... From a certain point of view. What's next? So something kind of has to come crashing down. And I think, I'm hoping this is the beginning of that. Well, and for a slight recap, after House and Powers, the first issues of everything that was coming out was under the the banner of Dawn of X. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, then after Ten of Swords, I believe they did, or X of Swords, Ten of Swords, whichever they call it. I think it was supposed to be Ten. Either way, uh, they renamed it the Reign of X. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I wonder if this is the beginning of Fall, fall of, of X, X, which happens to be taking place in the fall of the year. But get out. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, mutants. I mean, it's, all stories need conflict to move the story forward. Mm -hmm. um, and we've gotten some, but for the most part, when when you conquer death, then life has no meaning. What moves life forward is the fear of death or the consequence of death. That's why Superman has kind of gone meh since nineteen ninety five or six. Whenever they did the death of Superman, the death of Superman. Oh, he can come back if he just. And every, in the and every other superhero comic book since that. And every other somebody that's died. So without death, life has no meaning. Life or death moves life forward because life has that sense of urgency. You have to do this before you die. With that, like, well, what is the point of that? Right. What is the point of mutants then? Oh, if if whatever we do doesn't matter because we can die and come back, then what's it matter what we do? Mm -hmm. So whatever. And I think this will be the beginning of the... Okay, there's actual consequences now again for mm -hmm. everything. Yes, so I'm really, I'm really excited. It's a four issue mini. It's not they're not dragging it on to, you know, twenty two different tie ins like they did the ten of swords. Oh yeah, right. This is four issues. Four issues. I like how this one ends. It's got kind of like a separatist trade embargo thing going with it, but I don't think it's what they're going to talk about this whole time uh, with Destiny. So, so yeah. That is Inferno number one. Inferno number one. And I'll go next with my pick of the week, which is Superman. Yeah, everyone knows I hate Superman. We just said he doesn't matter anymore. But this one is Superman, son of Kal-El. Oh, right. The, the, so uh, in the DC universe, for some reason, I don't know why. If I read more Superman, I probably know why, but I don't. <laughs> uh, Superman is leaving Earth. So he's like, all right, peace out. I have to do this mission or whatever. Uh, John, Jonathan Kent, my son, Superboy, you are now Superman because Earth needs Superman. So this is, that's why the name of the book is Superman, son of Kal-El. Mm -hmm. He is Jonathan Kent, the son of Kal-El. This is written by Tom Taylor. That alone 
I mean, when I missed issue one, Jared told me he's like, "Oh, it's written by Tom Taylor." Ah, crap, he was the one that talked about it. Yeah. Okay. He let me bar. He lent me issue number one. I fell in love with it. I've been reading two and three since then. I may actually subscribe to the series at this rate because it is Tom Taylor, and it is phenomenal. Um, this issue again deals with him, with John, like coming to terms with, oh crap, Dad is leaving. Earth needs Superman still. I'm that Superman now. How can I live up to that reputation mm-hmm. of Superman and possibly do better in a different way? Like, Superman's all about, you know, fighting these giant monsters and he stuff. He talks to him up on the moon or something in issue, in issue one. Issue two, like, yeah. Why aren't you doing better than what you are? You're Superman. Why aren't you leading by example? Superman, Kal-El, is like, uh, because, yes, I was raised here, but I wasn't born here. So I feel like... It's unfair for me to impose my will upon these earthlings because it's not my home planet. Who am I to say you're doing it wrong? You, however, have been born here. You were raised here. This truly is your home. This was my adoptive home. This is your actual home. So anything that you do, people can't say you're not from here. Like, yes, I am. I have just as well right to say as you do because this is my home. So that's the aspect that they're going with where John is like, okay, well, let's let's see how I can do that better. They're... Uh, this issue, uh, they talk about the group of immigrants that he saved from issue number two. And he joins protesters saying, hey, don't send them back because they are fleeing from a dictator that is killing them. I saved them from a sinking boat. But that person said, that dictator says, oh, this is a paradise. There's nothing wrong here. Just bring, send them back. He's like, but they were willing to die to get away from him. So he joined the protest. And they're like, well, you know, we're arresting all the protesters because it's an illegal uh, grouping of people or whatever, illegal protest. They don't have the right permits. So he's like, arrest me then. And like, but you're Superman. You can get out. He's like, doesn't matter. I'm breaking the law also. Arrest me. And he's leading by that example of like, treat all of us the same. I don't care if I'm Superman, if I'm not Superman. I'm still a person that is defying the law. If you're going to arrest them, arrest me. doesn't matter. And he does get arrested. And of course, you know, uh, Superman himself bails him out. Of course. And he's like, you know, I was not expecting to have to bail out my son from jail. I was like, well, you would have been in prison. Well, he's like, wait, no, you wouldn't have because no, you're you Superman. He's like, these handcuffs mean nothing to me. Like, I'm doing this just for pomp and circumstance. But it is a really cool story where John is figuring out how to be Superman born and raised on Earth. And, like, this is his home. And how is he going to do things differently than his dad, but while still being Superman? Mm-hmm. And I have to say, the ending, holy crap. I don't want to give away because it is an explosive ending that is major. And I imagine it won't be as bad as what it looks like, but it looks pretty bad of what's going to happen. So, yeah. Uh, Tom Taylor knocked it out of the park again. He's doing a great job. He's been writing Nightwing as well. He does all the DC stuff. If he writes it, I'll read it. And I'm in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue number three by Tom Taylor. So, we've gone over an hour, Adrian. We only did two books for this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fox. Let's let's go Which to the, something I probably won't ever say again. Because they're not a thing anymore. Because it's all Disney now. It's all Disney. Uh, so with that, let's go to the part that Jared always forgets about. Ah, crap. Adrian forgot about. No, I didn't. Or it was just doing I was filling Jared. in for Jared. Okay. You're welcome, buddy. The hero of the week, be it comic book character or otherwise. Adrian, who is your hero of the week? Michael Anderson. He, so as you guys know, last week I talked about my villain of the week being the city of Lima and uh, sewage backup that came into my house. They claim it's not their fault. Again, let's be clear. Again. It came again, back to your house yes. again. This is the fourth time in seven years uh, that the city of Lima continues to say it's not their fault. However, I don't know how sewage can come back up if it's not their fault. And I, I'm not a city engineer, so I am very willing to be wrong. So, um, but you're not. <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, so uh, I did call some friends. I didn't call you because of your foot, uh, but I know you would have been there again, again. And uh, he helped me clean up uh, the basement with uh, sewage-infested uh, carpet. He cleaned up the crap with you. He cleaned up the crap that the city of Lima gave to me. Uh, yeah. And uh, and he's going to help you win trivia tomorrow. Hopefully. 
That's right, folks. We're doing trivia tomorrow. Hey, we're doing trivia tomorrow. Chance, or today, depending on when are, you're listening. Chances are, by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be too late. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, follow us on Facebook and you'll see all of our activities that what? we have going on. You mean there's a place that I can just follow you? The store, and I can find out all these things that are happening? Yeah. No. On Facebook. What? Right. If you want to follow the podcast, what about... follow us on MySpace. Ooh, that's our, I was going to say, our... can we? Can I go into my MySpace account and follow you guys there? Follow the store? Uh, I don't think the store has one, <laughs> but the podcast does. That's <laughs> right, folks. Alter Ego Comics Presents is on MySpace. That's www.myspace.com slash Alter Ego Comics wow, Presents. You even said www. If it's going to MySpace, I have to do the full thing. You have to do the full thing. I mean, it's MySpace for crying out loud. It it might not work if you don't put www. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's Hopefully MySpace. JT has found somebody to fix that coding. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, and my Hero of the Week is going to be Doctor Strange. Uh, specifically, in this week's issue of Spider-Man, Doctor Strange is gambling with Mephisto for a soul. Again? Yeah, he's trying to free a soul. I feel like he did that already recently. Possibly. He was talking to Mephisto. Who was he talking he, to? He's been talking to Mephisto in the back of issue of Spider-Man each and every week. Uh, Sinister War. That could be, sure. That's it. So, what was I thinking? No, I said Sinister War earlier. The Kraken, Kraken, when they were hunting Spider-Man. Hunted? Was it called Hunted? There, there was one that was called Hunted, yeah. This is... The one I mentioned, it, yeah, whatever. Anyway, Doctor Strange is gambling for a soul, and it seems like he does a pretty good job. So, yeah. Uh, seven. So, yeah. Uh, that is my hero of the week is Doctor Strange. Yay. So, with that, folks, we will say thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast on social medias, including myspace.com, <laughs> if you would like to do so. Uh, but it's more so, let's be honest, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. all, the, all the real social medias, right. not the ones that are dead. Or um, severe life support. Pull the plug. No, we have our, we have our own MySpace. Pull Don't pull the plug. Pull or if you do, pull the plug on all of MySpace and direct it just to our page. That'll work too. <laughs> I'd be cool with that. Uh, so yeah, thanks for following. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to us on the on your podcast and rating and reviewing us because that's the thing that podcasts say: those yeah. rate, review, subscribe. Click here to like and click over here to subscribe. No, no that's Twitter. Oh right. Or not Twitter, that's YouTube. YouTube. For the click that ring that bell icon. Yeah. No. Good night, everyone. So thanks for listening. Adrian will be here next week. Jared, well, no, you might not be no. here next. That's your first week. That's the first week. So you will not be here next week. I'll take a break. So you will not be here, but Jared will be. Hopefully soon Laura will be able to join us again on the podcast soon. Um, schedule permitting. Uh yeah. Thanks for following us and thanks for coming to the store and buying stuff so we can keep you know, the lights on and doing fun stuff like this. So with that, we will see you next week, except for Adrian. Adrian, you can listen to us next week when you're not here. Listen to us when you are here, just, just because get those, get those subscription numbers up Mm -hmm, for us. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. And we will see you all next time. Wait, so Gwen boinked Mr. Harry and father Harry. No, just Norman. Oh, just Norman. No, he was married. He was with Harry for a while. She was with yeah. Harry for a while. It, it's all a mess. Uh, yeah, it's a mess. <laughs>